Crude oil is crude. Natural gas is pure. That's why Pennzoil's base oil is made from natural gas, not crude. It gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil. Based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. Pardon the interruption, but I'm Frank Isola. Hey, Tony, I think this might be my last PTI before the holidays. You get me a gift, Tony Kornheiser. Yeah, yeah. Here's Wilbur. Nice. Okay. Thank you. Know what? you. Take two. Take two. Bring them. them all. You can have them. Well, you have a bunch of them. I got a bunch of them. Wilbur's got a bunch. I did win a New York sports Emmy, and New York is kind of the media capital of the world. So did you really? Is it? Is does it look like that? Is it same? a little bit smaller than that? Believe it or not. Oh, you know what I do at home? I put them in the bathrooms. I put toilet paper on there. <laughs> it's right works. on the spike on it. Yeah. Welcome to PTI, boys and girls. Wilbon got on a flight to Chicago to hug Mitch Trubisky in person. <laughs> so I'm joined by our great friend from uh, the athletic, Frank Isola. That's good. That's good. And we begin today with the hardly surprising firing of David Fisdale as the Knicks coach. In less than a season and a half, Fisdale was 21-83. and 83. Loss 82 was by 44 points. Mm. Loss 83 last night at home was by 37 points. The first time in the history of the Knicks... They had lost two games in a row by 30 or more. Frank, the Knicks stink. Yep. And they have stunk for years. Is firing Fisdale the end or just the beginning? No, you, you have it. This is just the beginning. And I think Steve Mills, the president, if he's not reassigned, he's going to be removed completely. And really what the Knicks want to do, they want to try to get Masai Ujiri, who runs the Toronto Raptors. They tried to get him a couple of years ago, and they believe if we throw enough money at him, because you know how it works in New York, Phil Jackson game, because they gave him a ton of money, that Masai could be the guy. David Fizdale is just the first step in what's going to be a bunch of major changes between now and the offseason. This is difficult for me because I grew up watching the Knicks. And, and then look, in the history of the NBA, the Knicks are not an important franchise. They've yeah. won... Twice. That's yep. all they Miami's won. Miami's won three times. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not going to make the case of how great they were. But when I was young, they were pretty great. Yep. And they never lost like this. And they never rotated people in and out. Last year, it looked like they were trying to lose. This year, they assembled a crew that they thought was pretty good. They're disappointed in their record. I'm stunned they've won that <laughs> many games. They're, they got nothing. R.J. Barrett's the number three overall pick. The ball's supposed to go through him. He's got three assists a game. Is he, what do they got? What do yeah. they got? And really, if you look at it, their last three lottery picks, Frank Nilakina, Kevin Knox, and also R.J. Barrett, and then Dennis Smith Jr., the player that was the big player in the Przingis trade, last yeah. night they were 11 for 30 with 30 points. So they're not even developing their young players. They're on pace. As you know, last year they lost 65 games. They're on pace to lose about 67. It's going to be the sixth straight season that they've lost at least 50 games. You talk about the Knicks in the history. 20 years, Tony, have come and gone. They've won one playoff series they, in 20 years. They have no one. Ch- this team has no chance. David Fisdale had no chance. No. I remember when he was hired, I said to Wilbon, he, he'll last two years at the most. Now, what's good for him, he can go back on the jump yes. next week. He'll have some place to land. By the way, he lost his last eight games in Memphis, so he's 21 and 91. It's terrible. Correct. We move now to the continuing ineptitude of the Dallas Cowboys. After going on an impressive 17-play, 75-yard touchdown drive at the start of the game last night, Dallas was then thoroughly manhandled by Chicago. The Bears scored the next 24 points, 31 of the next 38. This is four losses in five games for Dallas. Frank, how should they feel about this loss, considering, and this is amazing, they're still actually in first place? It's almost like they're going to keep losing their way to a division title. But you think about what's gone on with them the last three weeks. These national games they've played. 
at New England, the Thanksgiving Day game against Buffalo, and then last night. I am not big on in-season coaching changes, but when you look at how lifeless they were, they don't make any adjustments offensively, defensively. At some point, you, you figure Philadelphia may turn things around. Why? I think they need to make a change. Okay. They're not going to because Jerry Jones said a couple of weeks. Even though they have 10 days before the next game, not, by the way. Look, they may not win another game. The Eagles, who've now lost to Miami, may not win another I game. Know, it's ridiculous. Which means the Washington Redskins, the best 3-9 <laughs> and nine team in all of football, can win out and win this absolutely terrible, terrible. division. I mean, I, there's a game coming up. It's, it, it's the 15th game. Cowboys at Eagles. That could be 0-0. I, I mean, these, the, there's nothing there. And I, honestly, Frank... We are all seduced by the glamour around the Cowboys, by the star on the helmet, yep. by the history of the team. We think, I say this all the time, I love their talent. Maybe their talent's I not know. that good. Maybe that's Maybe it's overrated. not. And you know, it's amazing, too. It's so tiring after a while, after every game, getting Jerry Jones standing there, giving kind of like a state of the Cowboys address. Last night, his big message was, we need to win a football game. Jerry, if that's all you have to say... Don't hold a little pro- impromptu press conference. Just move on. He was on Dallas radio today, and he got into it with the host on the he show. He blasted him, right? He said, you know, I've been traveling all day. I don't have patience to jack with you today. If I had a nickel for every time you said that to me, I wouldn't have to do the show. So uh, just a small word for the Bears in honor of Wilbon, who is yeah. not here. Mitch Tubisky now threw for three touchdown like passes. John Elway. Ran for another touchdown. And people should lay off him a little bit, right? Yes. I mean, he's getting, he's getting better before our eyes. Going back to NBA coaches on the hot seat for 600, John Beeline has coached all of 20 games in the NBA. And according to The Athletic, the Cleveland Cavaliers are already tuning him out and wondering about his fitness as a pro coach. They are complaining about his film sessions and his terminology and his overall lack of understanding of the NBA game. Frank, where is this headed? Well, it's going to be headed where it always is when LeBron James is not on the Cleveland Cavaliers. They lose all the time. There was a line in the story, and you're going to appreciate this one, where they said among the players' grievances, it is the, you know, airing of the grievances, include <laughs> nitpicking basic fundamentals. Basically, the players are saying, We're, we don't like the fact that he's trying to coach us. Who are these guys on the Cleveland Cavaliers who lose all the time before John Beeline? If John Beeline leaves, they'll be losing after he leaves. They also are upset that he has named his plays after wild yeah. animals. Yes. They say, like, if something is, you know, a polar bear. Yeah. Now, that's not, that's not NBA stuff. Let us go to the record for a second. Okay? Cleveland was 19 and 63 last year, which is awful. They're 5 and 15 this year, which means they're better. They're on a better pace this year than they were last year. And they're tuning him out. Uh, it's like, they don't want to accept coaching from this guy. Because, I'm sorry, because they won the championship last year? Did I miss something? I, I think what they're doing here, he's a 66-year-old coach, number one, and he's coming from college. And you know the way a lot of times NBA players feel about college coaches, even though Billy Donovan and Brad Stevens have done a good job. For them to be acting this way after 20... A little quick, years, isn't it? Who, I mean, little quick. This is the Houston Rockets, a veteran team that's expected to win, and you're thinking, all right, you gave them a college coach, that's one thing. The reason they hired a college coach is because they need to be taught the fundamentals. Cleveland fires coaches. In the yep. last 15 years, they've gone through eight coaches, including Beeline now. The difference between college and the pros is this. In college, coach has all the power. Yep. In the pros, coach has no power unless they let you have power. The players all make much more money. The players have longer contracts. And, and if they've... If they are only listening to assistance now, if they're questioning his ability to be a coach on the NBA level, he's done. I know. He's it's, done. It's, it's a joke, though, that the players would do this, whether it's younger players, veteran players. Again, 
when LeBron James isn't in Cleveland, they don't do anything. And they weren't doing anything with Tyron Lewis, the coach, remember. All right, Alabama quarterback Tua Tungabailoa, recovering from season-ending hip surgery, is expected to enter the 2020 NFL draft. But where he is picked, that's up for debate. And Tua may not have enhanced his draft stock by telling AL.com, I don't think I'd be the same again because there's metal in here. He's talking about his hip. He said it shouldn't affect his running, but admitted it, he can't, quote, twist as much inward and whatnot. Tony, if you ran an NFL team with Tua's comments, make you concerned about drafting him early so let and me, whatnot. Yeah, so let me see if I have the question right. If I ran an NFL team, would yes. I be concerned about Tua? Only if I ran an NFL team, okay? Because what he's, he's saying, he's what he's saying is, I don't know how good I'm going to be. If he yeah. enters this draft, I'm wary of him. He is telling me to be wary of him. I think this pushes him closer and closer yes. to going back to Alabama. Really? Yes, because because at least you. It could I know get it's risky. again. I understand it's risky, but he could show people. Okay, I'm all right. He's the one sending up the red flags. Now, I admire the candor, yeah. but he's hurting himself. All right, let, let me ask you this then. All right, so Miami, Cincinnati, if they cannot afford to take a chance on Tua because of his history with injuries. Now, where did Lamar Jackson get drafted? Late in the first round. That's right. Went to a solid organization with a good coach, an established quarterback that he eventually replaced. This actually might work out for Tua. But he, he can't. Has- Lamar Jackson... His next contract is going to be great. Yes. But you're not going to make, as Tua said himself the other day, if I lose money, that's my money that I'm losing. If he drops, and at this point, you think he's going to drop. But, but Tony, why would you go back to school when he's had these injuries for the last two years? Why would you go back another year injured? To prove what? So you could stay healthy for a year? Yes, because right now... Do that now, in the NFL. But he's the one who is saying, I'm not sure I'm healthy. He is creating... The you, trap door that he's falling if through. If he lasts until when New England picks or maybe the Saints pick, you don't think they would take a chance on him? I don't he, know. If he dropped that I don't know. I mean, do you want to? Uh, here's the first thing I would do if I was a GM right now. Because two is not a doctor. Yeah. I would bring doctors in already and I would say, tell me about what he's got. Tell me what it looks like. If you're his dad and or his agent. Are you telling him to go back to school or go to the NFL draft? No, I'm he, sitting here on a dopey talk show <laughs> telling him. No. The fight we've all been waiting for is set for tomorrow in Saudi Arabia, of all places. It is the rematch of Anthony Joshua, who lost, and Andy Ruiz, who won at a sort of flouncy 268 pounds. (laughs) You'll remember that after the fight, Ruiz conceded he was a bit fleshy and vowed to get leaner and more taut. Well, guess what he weighed in at? 283, not leaner, 15 (laughs) pounds heavier, unless they weighed him in in Celsius. Frank? Do you think this diminishes Ruiz's chance of winning? I like what Ruiz did here, too. He said he had to wait all day to weigh in. So he had had breakfast, That's right. lunch, and dinner. So because he had that, he basically gained... Ten pounds. Ten, what was he doing? Eating a cow and drinking a keg of beer? How do you gain ten pounds well, from the time you wake up until 4.30 in the afternoon? Because he was eating, as he said... Well, here, here's the great quote. This is the only thing I care about. They made us wait until almost 5 p.m. Yes. to weigh in. I'd already eaten breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and I add parenthetically, that was the early bird in yes. Saudi Arabia, obviously. And then he said, I had on a sombrero and all my clothes. I probably put on 10 pounds just eating and drinking normally today. I've eaten normally today. 
I shudder to think that I put on 10. What you is had a bunch of M&Ms diet? upstairs. Yeah, what is his normal diet? What do you make of this? Well, how about the fact, I was looking it up like Rocky Marciano, only undefeated heavyweight champion. That was a little bit different back then. He weighed oh, 100. Oh, bringing up Rocky Marciano. <laughs> he weighed 188 pounds. Yeah, well, was, Even George Foreman, when he won his last didn't fight. Didn't weigh this much. He was weighing 250. Yeah. This is 283. Didn't weigh this much. By the way, if you wonder, is there any money in boxing? The statistic I was given is that Joshua will make $65 million from this fight. Is Ruiz not making anywhere near? I mean, come on. It's a lot of money. I'm angry because you wanted to go do the show in Saudi Arabia (laughs) leading up to the fight. I'm so disappointed that the powers that be said no. People that know me well know I wouldn't do that. That's a long flight. Let's take a break. Coming up, what are the chances Georgia can take down LSU tomorrow? We're going to ask David Pollack. We'll also ask him whether Wisconsin poses any threat to Ohio State. How do you get leaner and weigh in at 15 more? Do you think he really gained 10 pounds from the morning until night? A huge weekend in college football begins later tonight. And to help us get a jump on it, we welcome back our youngest regular guest. Look at his skin. College game day analyst David Pollock. Let's start with this. You're in Atlanta physically for number four, Georgia. And number two, LSU. Is Georgia truly well suited to pull off this upset? Man, not from what I've seen from their offense the last several weeks. I mean, they, I, they, it's it's a kind of old school versus new school. It's awesome. You hear the saying all the time, defense wins championships. I think that's in old school football. I don't think that's modern football. And I think now you have to be able to think about the gauntlet you have to run now. So you have to win your conference championship and then you have to win another game and win another game. It's more like the NFL really than it's ever been. If you're in that, you, you got to score 30. You're going to, you're going to face great offenses. And what I've seen from Georgia's offense, I don't know if they can continue to do that. Defense is great. Um, it's going to look different this week. If you, they're not going to shut down LSU any way, shape or form. LSU has answers for everything they can do. You just got to be willing to give up a lot of yards and try to make them kick field goals when they get in the red zone because they're that kind of potent offense. But it's all about Jake Fromm. He's delivered in big moments. Uh, he's played great last year in the SEC championship game. He played great two years ago in the SEC championship game. game. Played great in the national championship game. This year, you know, his best receiver's out with injury. His, his uh, next leading receiver is out for the first half after throwing a punch. There's just a lot of factors working against Georgia and specifically on the offensive side of the football. And they're going to have to score 30 to beat LSU. It's going to be a tough proposition. All right, David, over in the Big Ten, Ohio State, they beat Wisconsin pretty badly earlier this season. Is there any reason to expect anything differently when they meet again? I I don't see it. I mean, I I, I would like to say that, listen, if you watch Wisconsin last week in bad circumstances and, you know, snowing down in Minnesota, Jack Cohn looked really, really good. But they're just not dynamic enough on the offensive side of the football either to go tick for tack with Ohio State. If you're watching Ohio State now, too, down the stretch, last two games, J.K. Dobbins carrying the ball over 30 times a game. Uh, they're going to get that. They can get that tempo going. He can run. Fields can run. Opens up the field for explosive plays. I just don't know if they have enough answers. And Ohio State getting healthy in the secondary now, a little bit more healthy than they were a week ago with their best players. They still Chase Young's still there, I believe, right? He's still yep. there as long as he's not there and not suspended. Last time he saw Wisconsin, don't don't forget, four sacks. You saw tight ends blocking him. Going to have a different game plan. I would love to sell you guys and tell you it's going to be a great game and Wisconsin's going to push them, but I don't see that happening either. All right, we'll move to the Pac-12. Wilbon is in love with number five Utah for reasons that I don't understand. They play Oregon for the Pac-12 <laughs> crown tonight. 
Please tell me that Oregon can win this game. They can, but I'm with Will Bond. I'm, okay. I'm in love with Utah too. It's just, a, it's, a, it's the blue collar in us. You know what I'm saying? That's what it is. It's just me and Michael. You know, we like that. We like that physicality. You like the toughness, that Big Ten toughness. And that's what you can see when you, when you watch Utah, man. They're just, they're physical up front. Literally, guys, there is at least six defensive players, which might be the most of all of college football, at least six defensive players that will get drafted from that Utah defense. At least six. I mean, NFL guys that are really stout, very big, very physical. The reason I think Oregon has a chance, Oregon can go up tempo. Justin Herbert can buy possessions and steal possessions with his legs and his ability to run the football. The weather's supposed to be miserable, by the way. It's supposed to be, you know, 20 mile an hour winds. It's supposed to be kind of wet. So that, I think that favors Utah because they're just kind of, they're all right with it being sloppy and, and being physical and being tough, but balance on offense with their, with their, on that side of the football. Zach Moss, by the way, they're running back runs the ball as angry as anybody in college football. I mean, he literally runs the ball like he hasn't eaten in three weeks and he's chasing his meal. I mean, it's awesome to watch. He's just so daggum physical. It's fun. But um, So I see them beating Oregon, and then now they're very much in that national championship picture and fighting for that four spot. A lot of future NFL players on number three, Clemson. Are they vulnerable at all against number 23, Virginia? Nope. Um, I don't <laughs> see it. I think Virginia, yeah, I, I mean, again, I, I think Virginia has Bryce Perkins at quarterback who is a great athlete and can make plays off schedule and throw the football um, and make enough plays. But, man, if you watch Virginia all year long and they played Notre Dame and then when they played really good defenses, man, they, they don't block well enough up front. They don't protect him well enough to uh, to give him enough time, and Clemson's going to blitz. Clemson's secondary is the best it's been in, in years. I, I'm curious to find out about their front seven defensively, if they're going to be good enough to beat um, the great teams that they're going to see in the playoffs. That will be uh, fun to watch. I don't think they're going to get t- tested by Virginia. And, you know, listen, they're favored by four touchdowns in the ACC championship game. If you want any indication of how down the ACC is and how bad they are, the second best team in the league, they're favored by 28 points. Thank you so much, David, as always. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Thanks, David. College game day from Atlanta begins tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Eastern. Let's take one last break, but still to come. Tiger closes in down in the Bahamas. And Tom Brady says he feels positive ahead of the Patriots game with the Chiefs. But should he? So he's not sure there'll be a great game. Yeah. He's not sure That's the major games. That's why you games. should have the top eight teams. And we talked, Wilbon and I talked about that during you the week. You like league. that idea. Uh, uh, sure I do. And I think but it should be an eight-team playoff. Happy time, people. Happy 25th birthday, Giannis Antetokounmpo. The current MVP is playing even better this year than he did last year. He's shooting better. He's rebounding better. What else are you going to ask of a big man? <laughs> and he seems intent on leading his team, which not every star player really wants to do. And the result is that his team has the best record in the NBA. And tonight he gets the Clippers, and that's Kawhi Leonard, the player that beat him last year in the Eastern Conference Finals. That should be a good game. You're going to watch that? Is it a ball night for you like it'll be for Wilbon? Yes, of course. Happy anniversary to this Steelers fan. Around this day 11 years ago, this guy decided to bathe himself with a bucket of ice water in the middle of the Cowboys-Steelers game. The temperature on this day dropped to 24 with a wind chill of 9. And since there is no question that this guy is nuts... The only question that leaps out is, how did he get in the stadium with a Gatorade bucket? One of the players must have given it to him. What possesses people to do something like that? Absolutely no idea, clearly. 
A brief happy trails to Carolina Hurricanes goalie Peter Morazic. Watch quickly as Morazic gets annoyed with San Jose's Joe Thornton, thinking that Thornton jabbed him with his stick. Morazic then takes a swing at Thornton with his stick and then stands straight up as if to fight him. Thornton recognizes this move and drops the goalie with one quick right hand to the face. Let's hope Morozik learns a lesson from this for the next time he wants to get chested. That, that's a flop. You wouldn't do that to Patrick Watt or your guy Billy Smith. Remember him from the Islanders? I wanted, do remember. Wanted to fight everybody. I, he, he, he was a tough guy. Yep. <clears throat> Excuse me. One omission. Tiger shot five under 67 today. Wow. He's two back heading into the final round of the Hero World Challenge. Did you have that? Two, Did you think two guys ahead of him, including your guy Gary Woodland. Who was one of the captain's picks yeah. for the President's Cup. Are you surprised? Hmm? You surprised that Tiger Woods is doing this? I am. I picked the field, and I'm a little shaky about that now. Here we go to the big finish. The Blazers will fully guarantee Carmelo's contract for the rest of the season. Your thoughts? I want you to admit to me that you love this comeback story. They're going to turn into a Disney movie. It's so great. I'm good for Carmelo. You're going to be in it. All right, the Wizards beat the Sixers. I want you to explain that. Can't I can't explain it. I'm sort of happy because I don't like Joel Embiid because he's so mouthy all the time. <laughs> and he and Ben Simmons, I believe, have 15 yes. turnovers in that game. That's way too 15 many. 15 field goals, guys. 15 turnovers. Tom Brady says he's feeling really good, really <laughs> positive ahead of the Chiefs game. Does that make sense? Are you ready to write off Tom Brady and the New England Patriots? You can't. I can't either, but he didn't look good last week. Nope. All right, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, they visit the Bills. Are you smelling an upset? I'm here? not smelling an upset, but the 49ers solved Lamar Jackson's passing. Yes. Not his running. The Bills have a good defense. I'm curious to see how they can do with him because it's a really good defense. Good on Last one, Niners at Saints on Sunday. Who you got? You know what? The NFC is so good. I like so many teams. I don't like the Cowboys and the Eagles, but I do like the Saints here. I still think they're going to the Super Bowl. It's such a tough at two weeks in a row at Ravens, yeah. at Saints. It's right. so tough. We're out of time. We'll try and do better the next time. And I'm Tony Kornheiser. And I'm Frank Isola. Have a great weekend. You can get the PTI podcast on the ESPN app or Apple Podcast. Lorenzo, shout out. You bowled 190 at the PTI Bowl.